Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Thursday, April 27th, and we are here trying to help you make really smart or somewhat better or less bad financial decisions. Like that, sort of like a little bit of everything. And uh, we're also here to try to take the mystery out of whatever is causing you mysteries in your financial life. And that means that we get to talk to you about whatever it is that's making you a little nutty, or maybe you just want a second or third opinion. Mark and I are both certified financial planners, and we would love to chat with you. If you've got a question, you go to our website, jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button, and there's a form. You complete the form. That's basically your email. It will get to us. If you would like to join us on the program live, you check the box at the end of the form. Oh, Mark, I noticed that today, uh, after this show is actually dropped, we will have first quarter gross domestic product. And if that number comes in weird for some reason, we will let you know about it tomorrow. The thing that I'm intrigued about with this particular number is going to be about us consumers to find out whether we are still actually spending as robustly as we were. Just looking at some of the behavior and some of the reports that we've gotten, the month by month reports, January looks like we sort of were spending in a big way. February slowing down. March, I don't know. It doesn't look great. Uh, Remember, consumers account for about two-thirds of the economy. And um, so if we falter, then the economy is not going to grow by as much. Let's see. It's supposedly, I don't know if I buy this, but the estimates are that GDP increased by an annualized pace of 2% in the first quarter. Would that be more or less than you expect, Mark? Probably what I would expect. Yeah. I mean, so remember 2021, huge growth. Well, 2020, obviously a contraction, COVID contraction, terrible loss of jobs and output declined. Then 2021 roaring back five and a half percent or so, maybe a little more. And then last year, 
you know, medium growth. It was, I remember that first half of last year was really not good. That was sort of the inflation story. Second half got better. We did actually squeak out growth last year. This year, of course, everyone's like, ah, we're going to have a recession. Mark, you don't think so. You still clinging to your no recession in 23 bet? Well, that's what I've said. So I got to stick with it. Yeah, I'm hoping so. You're allowed to change your mind. Amanda, myself, and a few friends, we were out on, uh, I don't know, Saturday night. We were here in the neighborhood at a local place sitting outside, and the place was just jammed with people. I mean, full of people. And one of the, one of the guys with us turns and goes, there's no recession. I know. It's a very strange thing because it feels like in many parts of the economy, things are cooking. You know, like people tell me in the travel industry, you know, like things are happening. I was um, I went out to lunch with my high school boyfriend over last weekend. He's in the travel industry and he is like selling out. He does these big trips, like global trips. He's like, I'm sold out for like two years. So, you know, obviously people who have money are spending money. I don't know if there's enough people with money to make up for the fact that other people are not doing as well. We'll see. The most recent Wall Street Journal poll found that 61% of economists believe that we are going to have a recession this year, probably starting in the third quarter. Uh, and even if we don't get an official recession, I saw our pal Diane Swank, friend of the show, who is uh, at KPMG now, chief economist there. She says we're going to enter a slow session, not a recession, a slow, like a, just a huge slow, to, like almost like output just peters out. And you're gliding at zero, I guess. It's going to feel bad if you're the kind of person who's losing a job. All the big Wall Street firms um, going to do another round of layoffs. Um, I understand reductions in force are coming again. Um, the media companies, obviously, tech companies. So there are parts of the economy slowing down. I don't know if it's going to be a recession or not. We'll have to see. Today, however, let's do some emails because we'd like to dig out. Remember. Anytime you've got a question, just go back to that bookmarked website, jillonmoney.com. I know you bookmarked it. And don't forget, you can find the subscription to our new service, Jill on Money Live, where you will have access to quarterly live webinars, more special content. Um, now, Mark has just informed me that on the front door of the website, we've got a brand new announcement for the next webinar, which is Wednesday, June 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. I dare you to pronounce this guy's last name. Let me do it for you. Dave Stahoviak. And there's a lot of consonants in that name. He's the host and founder of Coaching for Leaders. It's a top-rated management podcast, download tens of millions of times. He's great. And um, I think if you are uh, anyone who has a job, if you are in management, if you are an owner, you are going to love this. Um, he really does help leaders figure out practical advice and build meaningful relationships. I think that's kind of great information. So check it out. It is on the front door of the JillOnMoney.com website. All right. Uh, let's see. This is a question about long-term care from Paulette, who said, I would like your advice concerning the newer generation of long-term care policies. And these are hybrid products. They combine life insurance with care benefits for someone who reaches the age of 75. Would you happen to know what the costs are for these types of policies? Also, are medical or physical exams needed to qualify? Paulette says, I'm in good health. 
I do have some pre-existing health issues, not catastrophic issues. I have Medicare Advantage for health insurance and would have to rely on my investments to pay for my medical needs that my health insurance would not cover. Any suggestions you would have to inform me about this? Um, okay, so Paulette, I do know a little bit about these policies. Mark, you know, we should get an expert on these policies because I think we need like a bit of a long-term care expert to help with this. The old long-term care policies where you would just pay for care itself, it's just really become hard to get them. They're expensive. They raise rates. These hybrid policies can be useful because, uh, first of all, you don't spend all those premium dollars and get nothing back if you don't happen to have a long-term care illness. But also, they're a little bit more flexible in what they can be used for. I believe because these are life insurance policies and same with long-term care, that there is a medical slash physical that is required. It doesn't mean you won't get it. It just means depending on what your, your condition is, you might have to pay more. That's usually how it goes. But the bigger question, Paulette, is regardless of these policies in terms of like what they can afford you, is do you need this kind of a policy? Why do I ask that? seems to me you didn't say a we. It sounds like a you, just you. The real issue is, could you self-finance the needs that you might have? And that's a question that we would need to talk with you about and talk through what your options might be. Because if you have a lot of money, maybe you self-insure. If you don't have a lot of money, Um, Maybe you don't even need it. Maybe you would say, well, you'd spend your money down, you'd qualify for assistance, and that would be the end of that. Not everybody needs these policies. I understand that they can also provide some peace of mind as you do get older that you're not going to plow through your money. Okay. Oh, this is about a life insurance policy as well. So this is from Will, Dear Aunt Jill and Uncle Mark. You're an uncle now, Mark. Several years ago, some criminal... Oh, brother. <laughs> I'm going to read this. It's, this is exactly some criminal sold my 82 year old mom an insurance policy that expires if she passes away after the age of 97. She only recently learned of this clause. Her intention was to pay $20,000 into the policy annually until her death. The policy is held in a trust owned by me and my four siblings, all self-sufficient adults in our 40s. Mom plans to stop contributing to cut her losses and get the cash value of the policy. Oh, my God. There's a cash policy. There's cash value of $250,000. Okay, this would be a loss of about $100,000. God, she would split the money five ways between uh, the kids. The question, would my siblings and I need to pay taxes on the payout? Would it be beneficial to keep it within the trust, but invest it in some other instrument? Is there something else we aren't thinking of? Thank you, Will. Okay, so this is interesting. I tried to keep it short, a few additional details. The payout upon death, one and a half million dollars, but that would require her to keep contributing 20 grand a year, which is just stupid. Mom has a net worth of three and a half million dollars outside of this policy, low expenses. She lives comfortably. I've asked my brother, who's an administrator of the trust, to investigate if the policy can be exchanged for another one that would not require additional contributions and doesn't have an expiration. I'm not sure that's even worth it. PPS, love the book. I'm currently mid-reset. All right, here's the thing, Will. Um, I think you need we need to talk to the insurance company. There's two questions that we want to ask. Number one, what would this policy buy her in death benefit if it were a paid up benefit? In other words, if we took the $250,000, okay, 
And we said, we want to use that money and have a paid up policy that if mom happened to die, died tomorrow, what would the actual benefit amount be? The death benefit. That's called a paid up policy. That's a very um, natural term in the life insurance world. The other idea here is to say to the insurance company, again, while you have on the phone, if we cash out the policy, is there a tax event? I don't think there is because I think that you are, she has put more money into the policy than the cash value would be. In that case, there is no tax event. I think the last thing is that if the policy is owned by the trust, if you blow out of the policy, the funds have to stay in the trust. It, it's That's number one. If it's an irrevocable trust, meaning it's non-changeable trust, you cannot have the money go outside of that trust. It has to stay in the trust. If it's a revocable trust, meaning changeable, then the proceeds can be put inside that trust and then distributed. But most insurance contracts are owned by an irrevocable life insurance trust, in which case the money can't go outside of that trust. It has to stay in and you could invest it however you want. So we need some information from the insurance company. Again, what would this policy look like if we use the cash value in it and had a paid up policy? We're never putting another dime in. How much is the death benefit? That's number one. Number two, is there a tax event if we pull if we pull the plug on the policy you have to ask the insurance company they're the ones that do the tax reporting number three confirm whether or not the trust is irrevocable or revocable and that will actually determine whether or not you have to keep the money within the trust invested in any other instrument okay elijah says i just started listening to your podcast it's so inspirational okay I do have a question. It may help young adults that need advice. I'm 22 years old. I work two jobs. I'm going to college. I'm living on my own in Colorado Springs. I've done everything I can think of. My question is, as a young adult, what do I do to, one, make it a little easier on myself, two, prepare myself for the future? You're doing such a great job. So first of all, I presume the reason why you're working two jobs is to go to college. And a couple of things that I always like to remind people who are, and it's not even an age-based thing, Elijah, it is literally about like anyone who's starting out. And you can start a new financial life at 22, 44, 66, or 88. Like there are things, there are three very important principles. Number one, you are doing something that is fantastic and you are hopefully living within your means. Um, so that's the big picture. But your number one goal should be to make sure that you accumulate six to 12 months of your living expenses in some sort of savings high yield account, something where you can access your money. Number two, you endeavor to pay down all of your consumer credit. So that would be credit cards and auto loans. You try to pay that down. And number three, if you could, even though you're only 22, you're working two jobs, do either of those jobs happen to offer a retirement benefit? If so, maybe you could just contribute up to a point where you'd get a match. If you have no retirement through work, then what you could do is you could actually create your own retirement account by opening a Roth IRA and making a contribution. And it, again, I, I don't know your numbers, but those... That would be sort of the general principles. Once you have those three things in place, you are going to be able to help prepare yourself for the future. 
Okay, so I know I blathered on a little bit about GDP, so let's uh, let's cut it. That's it for the program, and we are always happy to answer your questions. Don't forget, you can always go to the website, jillonmoney.com. Click the Contact Us button. Let us know if you'd want to come on the air. Don't forget, while you're on the website, we've got the free weekly newsletter. We've got my book, The Great Money Reset, 10 Bold Steps to Turn Chaos into Opportunity. And we can invite you to subscribe to our service, Jill on Money Live. Our brand new webinar service is up and running, and we have our next webinar scheduled for June 28th. Go check it out. I think this is going to be an interesting and lively conversation. All right. We want to thank you again for listening. And if you wouldn't mind, could you please leave us a rating and review on Apple? Lift someone up, change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.